Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Wes K.O. Wes, are you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it, George. Let's go. Wes is the co-founder of the Alt-MBA and the co-founder of Maven. They're an organization building the first platform for cohort-based courses and learning. Excited to have you on, Wes. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so looking back into you know the past when I was a student, K-12, through college, school was always hard for me. And I had assumed that it was, you know, my inability to grasp material or learn the way that that other kids learned. Um, but as I got older, I realized that the format of one directional lecture just doesn't work for a lot of people. You know, the times when we learn the most are usually when we interact with material, when we try it ourselves, when we make mistakes, when we have a chance to put ideas into practice, uh, and um, the way that core-based learning is, is, is much more um, suited to the way that people actually learn, right? So if you think about, you know, throughout, throughout your education, whether it was in person with, with, you know, elementary school, high school, college, or online with video-based courses on Udemy, LinkedIn Learning, Skillshare, it's all very much a sage on stage. An expert knows everything. Everyone else is supposed to sit quietly and obediently, whereas, with cohort-based learning, it's really the opposite. You know, you do have an instructor, it's entirely online, but students are learning just as much from each other as they are from the instructor. And sometimes the students even teach the instructor back. You know, we've had, we've had uh, over 600 people go through the course that I teach, the free course on how to build a great core-based course. And uh, we've had a bunch of instructors say that they learn just as much from their students because their students thought of interesting edge cases that they hadn't thought of or interesting applications of a framework that they taught. So a core-based model is much more interactive and it's bi-directional. And uh, when I think about what inspires me to build Maven and, and why we're doing what we're doing, it's it's because there's so much opportunity to, um, to create more of an engaging learning experience online. We're already seeing such higher completion rates because of it. When you look at MOOCs, massive open online courses, like the, the video, uh, static video-driven courses that you find on Udemy, the completion rates are about 6%. And the completion rates for cohort-based courses are 75% and up. Wow. So we're already seeing so many more learners, uh, you know, whether they are, um, you know, mostly knowledge workers, you know, professional, professionals wanting to upskill. Uh, we're seeing so much more engagement on that front. That's uh, that's super exciting. It's, I don't know if it's shocking. It it's shocking, but it doesn't surprise me that only six percent of traditional online courses actually get completed. And after I think about it, I'm like, yeah, of course, I've probably done that a dozen times where I got super excited about something and just never finished it. So, so that makes yeah, a ton of sense. I, I definitely have uh, a course on hand lettering calligraphy and classical music appreciation on Skillshare somewhere where I watched half a lecture, said I was going to go back to it, and it's been gathering digital dust for the past seven years. So that is a very familiar story. That's amazing. Calligraphy is, it, it's a joke I make. It's like, what are things that I really want to know, but there's a 0% chance that I'm ever going to actually oh take gosh. action? Yes. Calligraphy is that one of Yeah, that goes in that bucket. But you actually took action on it. So one day, one day. 
requests, you're going to be able to, to have this amazing handwriting. All right. So I imagine building any kind of a new business enterprise is challenging. How, how has it been explaining to people what cohort-based cohort learning is? Because it seems like this is a new category. Yes, it's absolutely new. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. I mean, I think so many people, when they think of online learning, they immediately think of video-driven courses, right? Their head immediately goes to Udemy or LinkedIn Learning or Skillshare because that was the dominant form of online learning in the past 10 to 15 years. So what we're seeing now, the shift towards the mix of live and asynchronous in online learning is a new concept. So Seth Godin and I helped to pioneer this concept back in 2014, 2015, when we launched the Alt-MBA. The Alt-MBA was one of the the first cohort-based courses that was commercially successful and mainstream and really kicked off and inspired a whole category of what we now call cohort-based courses. So my my co-founder, Gagan Biani, and I at Maven coined this term court-based courses. You know, back then when when Seth and I were doing Alt MBA, there wasn't even really a word for it. You know, it was just this like wonky thing that this this crazy prolific author, you know, wanted to try out with mixing uh, live interactions and interactivity and bringing that into online courses. So um, it's been it's definitely one of the the biggest things that we're working on is helping experts, subject matter experts, operators, executives, creators, consultants, coaches, realize that cohort-based courses exist. And they are now a way that you can share your knowledge more broadly and be able to monetize that knowledge. And we really see that uh, sometimes overnight, the cohort-based course for an instructor becomes their biggest source of revenue. We have folks who have zero to small social followings, not you know small email lists or no email lists, make up to twenty thousand dollars in their first cohort, and that's teaching one to two weeks. You know that's that's pretty amazing revenue. And then we see bigger folks like Sam Parr, Sean Paris, Pomp, Sawhill Bloom. These are you know these are folks with bigger audiences, bigger email lists. They can make between one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars for teaching for a couple of weeks. So, you know, Sean Perry jokingly said that he made more from teaching his Maven course, a couple of cohorts of it, than he did um, in his his Fang salary uh, for a year. Right. So, amazing. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. So you've mentioned now a um, a couple of weeks. Is there? a one recipe or formula for a cohort-based course. I imagine some are going to be a little longer, but some are shorter. What are sort of a common structure? Yeah, there's no set length or structure for cohort-based courses. So we see courses that are a couple days long, you know, two to three days. I've taken some cohort-based courses that were four hours long on one day that were great. And then there are other courses that are uh, one to two weeks, three to four weeks, six to eight weeks, sometimes eight to 10. So those are you know a bit on the longer side. Um, on Maven, across hundreds of cohorts that we run, um, one to three weeks tends to be pretty common. And usually for first-time course creators, I recommend a one-week course. Uh, I, I meet a lot of course creators who... Um, have have high ambitions and they you know they start off wanting to do an eight week course and then they start building the content and realize that building content that's high quality and rigorous takes longer than they expect. So you really want to uh, you know give yourself the highest chance of success by tightening tightening that feedback loop, shortening that feedback loop. And when you do a one week course, you can really easily see um, 
the light at the end of the tunnel when you're building content first. And then second, you can see what your students um, love learning the most, what they find most helpful. You can test your hypotheses around stuff that you thought might be helpful. But, you know, once you once you share it with your students, they, you realize that, you know, hey, like no one really found this that useful. Um, so, yeah, so the, the structure of it um, in terms of length really varies. Um, price point wise, the average price points that we see are $500 per student to $1,500 per student. So this is over 10 times the price point that you charge on uh, for, for Teachable or Udemy courses. The average Udemy course is $10 to $20 per student. So uh, the great thing about core-based courses is because the price point is higher, you don't need to chase volume in the same way as if your, uh, your per-student you know, price point was lower. Um, but beyond that, you know, there's there's so much innovation happening in the space of core-based courses that we're seeing so many different instructors try out different course lengths, different price points, different structures. Um, the, the modular components, I would say, are um, some form of live meeting. You know, that might be Tuesdays and Thursdays or Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or even just once a week uh, as a Q&A with the instructor. It really varies. Some instructors love engaging with students and love kind of the performative aspect of teaching live. Others kind of want to do that less and they want to do more Q&A that's a little bit less structured. Uh, so there's some live component. And then with the asynchronous components, it's pre-reading. It might be videos that we have you watch before you attend the course so we can spend a lot of time doing stuff that you can only do live. Um, and there's usually some component of peer interaction. So peers, you know, giving each other feedback. So you might be uh, a product manager in a course with a bunch of other product managers, and you'll be giving each other feedback on different projects, different exercises. So that networking component and that community component is huge because, you know, so it's, it's not so common that we get to meet other people who can nerd out in the same ways that we like to nerd out. Whether it's you know improving your craft with writing or becoming a better product manager or uh, becoming a better people manager, better designer, uh, you know, in you know, I think the luckiest among us might work with people who are similarly passionate about our work. But you know, there's a lot of people who uh, are the 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 only marketer in their company, right, or the only designer, and uh, to be surrounded by other designers who are just as excited to push the limits of their craft um, is really really exciting. And so, usually, core based courses have an element of working with peers. Yeah, I think it's super exciting, and I know how valuable community is. Whenever just in leading a happy and 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 full life, but also learning a new skill and getting the support you need and the occasional hand up or kick in the butt, whatever it might be, the accountability piece there, I think is one of the things that you're really tapping into here. I think it's so exciting. And I imagine that that as technology grows and evolves, it makes these a lot easier versus it'd be hard to probably pull this off 10 years ago. For sure. Yeah, even in 2015, which I need to count 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. Yeah, seven years ago now. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel that long ago. You know, I'm used to in my mind thinking it was a couple of years ago and now it's seven years ago. It's kind of nuts. Uh, but even then, uh, that was pre pandemic, first of all. And so people were not used to remote collaboration as much as they are today. Um, I remember our initial cohorts of students feeling skeptical about turning on their webcams to meet other people online. And, you know, was it safe? Is right. it safe to do that? Right. And, and Slack, 
was just starting to become really popular in organizations. And I remember putting together documentation on um, how to sign up for a Slack account and how to use Slack, right? And now obviously Slack has amazing documentation on this and, and help guides. Um, and so, yeah, 10, 10, 15 years ago, um, the technology just wasn't there to support uh, the kinds of interactions that core-based courses require. And I don't think the, the appetite was there either from a student side. You know, I think people were just starting to get used to this idea of um, online learning being a way to learn just knowledge and information, just pure information transfer was, you know, could the internet even do that versus being in person in a lecture hall, right? And I think the last 15 years proved that, yes, it's possible to, to transfer large amounts of knowledge and information uh, through, through online courses. Um, and I think the next 15 years is going to be about not just knowledge transfer, but about transformation, student transformation that comes from hands-on practice, active learning, and actually engaging with the material in a community. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I really am. Uh, when I read about and learned about your company, I, I've been aware of Seth Godin for, for years and would listen to him talk about how they structured the Alt-MBA, how you structured the Alt-MBA with him. And I was really excited about that. And then we went through the 10 years of the pandemic, at least it sort of felt that way. Pandemic joke, Wes. <laughs> but it really is changing the way and we're now accepting that of, of learning where I can be in, in Arizona, but taking a class with like-minded professionals that I've never met in person from the top person in the field. It's just, it's, it's like going back to college and the further I get away from that, the more I value or would have done it differently. And it would be a, 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 a platform like this that, that you've created. So I imagine that, uh, and I saw the reviews on your site, but people just must be just eating it up. And I'm sure that you're growing like crazy. Yeah. I think the exciting thing there that, that you mentioned and touched on is uh, both on the, uh, the instructor side and on the learner side. So on the instructor side, there are a bunch of, of experts who don't want to teach at a university, who don't want to move, you know, to live near, you know, the University of Arizona or Berkeley or Dartmouth. You know, they want to live where they're living. They want to, you know, do whatever projects they're doing. Um, and to be able to bring these experts who have hands-on experience, uh, who aren't, you know, in, in ivory towers, uh, to allow them to be able to teach is huge, right? So that it opens up a a, um, a whole cadre and whole army of what we call digitally native professors. And these are people like Letty Rachitsky, who is an early product manager at Airbnb, right? Or Lee Jin, who was an investor at Andreessen Horowitz and now starts, started her own firm. People like Noam Siegel, a UX designer at Twitter, who's working full-time and teaching on Maven. These are all people who wouldn't have normally um, participated in the traditional academic setting, right? So now all these people are able to share their knowledge. Um, and learners can now access that, right? So on the other hand, with learners, um, now they can access all these amazing, all this amazing knowledge from these operators uh, as one. And then two, um, to your point of being able to learn and meet all kinds of people who don't live within a 10 mile radius. You know, I think as working professionals with families, with full-time jobs, 
you're, I don't know about most people, but I don't have that much time to go out and try to make new friends and meet people and, and make it a regular part of my schedule and, you know, commute into, you know, and now I live in the suburbs, so it's commute into the city. And, you know, so there's all kinds of friction points that make it hard for working professionals to meet other professionals. Um, so to be able to turn on your computer, log in, you know, to Maven, log into Zoom and be able to meet people in Scottsdale, Arizona, to be people in New York, in San Francisco, in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and internationally, you know, people in Hong Kong and in, in in Dubai, et cetera. You know, we hear from so many instructors who um, are shocked that when they log in, they have and they ask, you know, hey, where's everyone logging in from? There are students who are logging in from all over the world from dozens of different time zones. And that just wouldn't have been possible before. It's amazing. Super exciting. Well, Wes. People are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? All right. My difference-making tip is I believe that there are so many experts who are self-conscious about whether they have enough expertise. And I think if you are the kind of person that questions whether you have enough expertise, you, you probably do. There are a bunch of people who are not even asking themselves that question, who are just <laughs> you know sharing, 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 right? Like, give me the mic. Let me be loud, right? So there are all these thoughtful, rigorous um, operators who have a ton of credibility who um, who question themselves, you know. And on the one hand, that's great because you do want to make sure that you have enough to share before you kind of go out sharing. Uh, but I want to encourage anyone who um, is feeling a bit self conscious to really think about um, to really consider sharing your knowledge more broadly. You know, and it doesn't need to be via a course right away. It can be sharing on LinkedIn. It can be sharing on Twitter. It can be sharing via, you know, your blog or articles. But we need more credible operators to share their voice online. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Wes, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? And how can course creators get involved with Maven? And how can students take advantage of these wonderful cohort-based courses? We're at maven.com and at mavenhq, and I'm at Wes underscore KO on Twitter. Um, and in terms of learning more about courses, we have a free accelerator program, the Maven Course Accelerator, a course that I personally teach. It's two weeks long. We teach you everything that you need to know to build a court-based course from beginning to end. It's one of the fastest, most efficient ways to learn uh, the entire process of that. And it's completely free. Amazing. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Wes your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to maven.com. It's M-A-V-E-N.com. And if you're interested in looking into or checking out actually becoming a creator, which we need you to do, check out Wes's Maven Course Accelerator Program. And that'll teach you everything that you need to know and prep you for actually making it happen. You can find Wes and on Instagram at Wes and it's K-A-O. It's pronounced K-O. Excellent. Thanks again, Wes. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>